Welcome to the Morning Sky Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Never care for what they say. Never care for games they played. Never care for what they do. Never care for what they know. And I know. Yeah. Let me stop playing. 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 All right. Late, 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 late. Um, totally off the cuff. I was not trying to do this. Is Can can I can I ask an honest question? Can I ask an honest question? Why? Why do we care what white people think so badly of of us as a group? Why? Race is the only construct that affects us. No, no, I take that back. Race is the is the only construct that we care more about than anybody else. Now you can argue that black Americans have suffered greater than anybody else because of race. But 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 it, why do we care so much? Why? It's still it ain't no damn seven to three. Cut that stop that shit. <laughs> It was seven to four, bruh. Stop playing with me. It was seven to four. Man, premium, bruh. Like, it makes no sense. Like, every time, and this is a pattern I've noticed. I've noticed this. Um, I noticed this with Jason Black when he had to break his neck to get Jordan Peterson. Um, and then uh, Tommy Sotomayor had to go get David Duke. Like, why are you trying to understand the ideology or the belief of a group of people that flat out tell you my my people are more important or my people are important? You are in, why why why? And you know what I see? I see this more happening more with black men. I see this more with black men breaking their necks and going out of their way to want to question why white men 
say the things they do regarding race? What, what are you trying to get to the root of? What understanding are you trying to get to? You're not going to walk away feeling like, well, you know what? I see his point of view. It's not going to enlighten you or empower you. Why? Why, 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 why? So Jason Black, Tommy Sotomayor, now Hotep Jesus. Now I've been on, listen, now I've been, I've been biting my tongue about Hotep Jesus for about two years. I've been biting my tongue about Hotep Jesus for two years. Because I know some things that went down between. <laughs> Listen. Nobody is random. Okay. Nobody is random. All right. Nobody is random. Nobody they put in front of you is random. Nobody that's all of a sudden gets, gets these awesome interviews is random. Okay. None of them. Now out of respect for the people that I know behind the scenes, I will not go off the hinges about Hotep Jesus. But I know some things. There's nobody's random. Okay. Nobody is random. So in the long line of black men trying to get to a deeper understanding of why white men just flat out view them as a, as, as a genetic enemy. Right. So another case in point where another black man has to pick the brain and under, try to understand why the white man basically views him as a genetic enemy. If you don't understand that at its base level, like my, my DNA just automatically rejects you. It's like the xenomorph. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect example is the xenomorph. And all the alien movies and all the comics and TV shows and all the games, right? They always want to catch one and try to understand why, why is it so aggressive to everybody? And why is it trying to kill everything that's not a part of its species? Now, I'm not saying white folk are xenomorphs, but you, if you don't understand base, genetic, instinctual, survival or, or eradication of anything it deems a threat. I don't know what else to tell you. You want to catch one of the most deadliest creatures in the galaxy to understand why it is the way it is. When it flat out tells you nothing else matters, but the survival of its species. And it will eradicate anything outside of its DNA genetic lineage. I, what is there to talk about? Right. And I, I, yeah, Nick, he's a self-admitted leftist. I actually understand what he means after listening to the entire deal, not just sit up sound, but I, I'm with you. I don't understand 
why black men go out of their way to try to pick their brains and understand how come you don't like us? Why don't you like us? At the end of the day, it all comes down to how come you don't like us? Why don't you accept us? Why don't you see us as equals? If I, in my heart of hearts, firmly believe I am the superior being, what else does it matter? I don't want to converse with somebody I deem beneath me or lower than me. I, I don't understand this. Right? Every time pro-blacks have a chance to kind of show and prove they're the superior being, they, only go, they can only do it through sports and entertainment. Right? Because they always want to, hey, we built the pyramids and we taught them, we taught the Europeans how to wash and bathe. And we taught them this, we taught them that. All of these inventions, we, every, every Black History Month, what do we do? This is what all black folk invented. This is how black folk made your lives easier. Every black history month, like clockwork, all you see are all the list of inventions that black people made to make everybody's lives easier. Right. But when it comes down to you actually showing and proving that you are the original man and woman, you're the, the you're God's chosen people. You're kissed by the sun. You only show that either through entertainment and sports. Never when it comes down to it. In the meantime, you're trying to understand why they don't accept you as equals. Even though they allow you to mate with them and date them and even marry into them, they still remind you every now and again, hey, we, you know you're really not, you know we're not equals, right? You understand? You know we're not equals, right? All right. And listen. <laughs> it, it all, it, it clicks and views is great. But once again, I'm all into optics. So we have another black man trying to pick the brain and understand why did you say this? Why do you believe this to be so? What sparked this? Where did this come from? Why? Why? Right? Did we not just have a black man on YouTube try to debate a, a blue-haired white man? Hey, why do you believe this to be true? Where does this come from? I'm trying to get a deeper understanding of your perspective. Do you, okay, do you see European men going out of their way to interview black, black men, black women to get a deeper understanding of why they are the way they are, why they, why would they want to interview or, or, or get the perspective of a broken people? Why would Europeans waste their time and energy to ask you questions as to why are you so broken? Why are you so downtrodden? Why are you so dysfunctional? Yes or no? Right? The only time they bring the, the brother man on is to see if he's as smart as we think he is. 
Khalid Muhammad, Malcolm, Farrakhan, right? It's never, well, why do you feel this way? No, it's like, I don't think you're as smart as you proclaim to be. It always ends up whose brain pan is bigger. They never walk away with a deeper understanding of your point of view. They never say, well, you know what? Even though we agree to disagree, I could see your point. It's never that. It's always the flip. I don't think you're as smart as you proclaim to be. I could be wrong, but I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> once again, Scott Adams through a two, four, five, six, seven minute soundbite, once again establishes and proves that what? The, the white man's ice is colder. His opinions are colder. His thought patterns are colder. His perspectives is colder. Hell, even some of his beliefs are colder. And right on time, as soon as somebody... A European says something on in black history month. We went through this last year, two years ago. Some white folks said some crazy egregious shit and black folk lose their minds. Oh my God. Of all, of all times you want to say this during black history month. And then black folk are scrambling to understand why they said this and why they believe this is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if Joe Rogan allowed me? Listen, we, we we probably wouldn't make it out the building. We probably wouldn't make it out the building. We had to go out to the back door in the dead, in the dead of night. I, I, just, I, I just don't understand. I don't want to understand. Now, like I said, outside of entertainment value and for the host asking the questions to come up, that's great. Me personally, I don't, I guess I, I'm not a slave to, to the entertainment like that. I guess I'm just not a, a slave. I don't care to understand why he said what he said. If, <laughs> if somebody out there firmly believes that he thinks they're better than me genetically, we have nothing to talk about. Okay. Cause now at, at your very, at, at, at a molecular level, you believe you are the supreme being. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to understand. Okay. I don't want to have a conversation with a xenomorph. I get it. You are only here for the, 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 the furthering of your species. And I am an obstacle for you to complete that goal. I'm in your way. So I understand why you're so aggressive to anything that doesn't look like you. We don't need to have a conversation. Okay. So it's either me or you. That's how I look at it. <laughs> so, I, I, uh, 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 wait, be honest. White people have good deep. My mom has a deep, my parents got deep freezers. I don't know where that, I don't know where that came from, but my, my folks got deep freezers. So I, I don't know. Okay. Let me do this real quick. And like I said, this was so random. I was literally sitting there watching uh, The Last of Us. And, of course, they had to make the little girls kiss each other. <sighs> Lord have mercy. I, I'm so tired of that shit. But um, 
<laughs> Where is this at? Hold up. Let me pull this. Up. I don't, I don't like I said. I'm not gonna be here no more than how much time I got left. I got an hour. Shit. Uh, let me see this. Okay. So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put Scott Adams through the rigmarole. Right. Come on. You know what Tariq would say. Now you know. He went off code by saying these things in public, right? Tariq loves to say, well, they're going to punish him for being off code. Doesn't mean they don't believe in what he says isn't true. They're just going to punish him for being off code. Yeah? <laughs> so let's, let's see this shit here. <laughs> the Colorado Department of Corrections has immediate openings for correctional officers. <laughs> Damn. CO job. Turn it off. Turn it off. Okay, okay. <sighs> ads, ads, ads. <laughs> okay, here we go. You know his work, but might not know his name. Scott Adams is the cartoonist behind the Dilbert comic that pokes fun at corporate culture. He now finds himself in some very hot water for this. If you know, nearly half of all blacks. Uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. Adams was responding to the poll that does not meet CNN standards by Rasmussen reports, asking black Americans if they agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white. Why would y'all even care about this? That's my question. We're the most illogical, emotional people. We have the worst critical thinking the worst conflict re resolution. See, this is where I'm. Uh, people gonna be like, "We told you, Slot don't like black." No, but we fall for this every time. Every time. Every time. This should not even matter at this point. Rasmussen said just over half of the respondents agreed with the statement. Adams decided that made black people a hate group and went on to make this racist segregationist suggestion. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. How, how does this man Im impact y'all black folks lives to, the, to this degree? Right. If that's the case, y'all should be trying to talk to your, your senators about fl flagging Stormfront. How come y'all don't go flag Stormfront? Stormfront's been up and running for what? I don't know, 10, 12 years now. You think what he said is bad. Have you been to Stormfront? Like for all, for everybody that's upset and wanting, wanting a deeper understanding, when's the last time they visited Stormfront? Like, this is laughable, man. This is, and everybody's laughing at us. Everybody's like, so let me go, man. Come on. I'm going to get to the dumb, the dumb, idiot, the nonsense, man. Because I don't, I don't want this stream to go left and it be deemed hateful. God forbid, YouTube. God forbid. Come on, go back. All right. Where is this at? Where is this, where is this dumbass interview? There was this dumbass interview. Now, once again, out of respect for those 
behind the scenes. I'm not going to go in a hotel Jesus. Not right now. It's not time right now. So when I get the, when I'm given the green light, I will do so. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Wow. I mean, could you, could you be any more super excited? Could you be any more super excited to have this man's not impactful rhetoric? Once again, I'm not a slave to, uh, to these clicks and views. I'm not a slave to this, the the race rhetoric, the race pandering. And that means that does nothing for me. In fact, it's beneath me. This type of content is beneath me, but let's, let's, let's humor, let's humor ourselves real quick. And let's, let's take a listen to what the dumbass questions that Hotep Jesus asked this man. Listen, red, see, see. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't give a damn about his fans. I don't give a damn. Let them come. Hey, what? Who said that in the movie? What movie was that? Let them come. Yeah, just let them come, please. By all means. By all means. Because this is silly. Now, this works out for him and his platform because it makes him money. He makes money off the race pandering. That's cool. That works for you. Them. This shit here is beneath me, but it's so comical. Once again, another black man begging the question to get deeper understanding as to why the European says what he says and feels the way he feels about his genetic enemy, his genetic enemy. Once again, his genetic enemy. That Hotep Jesus dude. Hold on, hold on. Hotep, you're a genius. Best of uh, Bitcoin, the best of Ethereum. You want to be that? Uh, man, just get right to it, bro. Come on. But before we get into that, I want to ask you something. This is my own personal question. A lot of the other questions are from reading the room, seeing what people are saying. Okay, this is Hotep Jesus's own personal question for his own personal, deeper understanding and growth as a man and as a human being. Because this man's answer is going to add to his life. It's going to impact his life so greatly and take him to the next level. Right. This is not like a lunch date with with uh, with Warren Buffett. Right. That that information would be life changing. No, this here. Him probing the question to Scott, uh, to Scott Adams is going to change this man's life. He because he just got to know what did Ray say to Claude? Yeah, nigga, I just got to know. Let's go. But what I want to know is um, the identifying as black. When did that come about? Because that took me off. I was caught off guard with that. When did-, did we forget Rachel Dolezal? Didn't we go through this with Rachel Dolezal? That woman still claiming to be black. Who's the who's the who's the other guy, Nick? The 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 the, the, the fake black dude, Sean. What's his name? The Paul Wall looking ass dude. So who is it? The Paul Wall looking ass dude. What's his name, y'all? The the grifter. The grifter. The fake. The fake mixed dude. What's his name? Ah. What's his name? The fake Paul Wall dude. Sean King. Thank you, G7. 
Yeah. Sean. So we had Sean King. We had Rachel Dolezal. Uh, well, this ain't nothing new. Why, Scott Adams, why did you identify yourself as black? I got to know. Did that happen? How did that come about? Why did you make that decision? So I'm, I'm trying to remember when it was, but several years ago, I said I'm going to identify as black. Now, part of the reason was that I could. It was just an option, right? Uh, so I thought, well, that sounds good. But then I thought I could get the best of both worlds. If there's anything ever that's... Get this. This is the dumbest... Not Megger Nevers. That's funny. How is this important? Once again, outside of this man's platform and his and his pocketbook, how is this moving any conversation? How is this important in the grand scheme of things? What I how is this impactful? How is this important? You know what? You're right, because all you got to do is say, well, slide on watch. You're right. I don't have to watch it. I, you're right. I don't have to watch it. But I have to watch it because I need to, to show you guys the, the, the black psychosis and how far off we are as a people and why we've been done since 64. We've been done since six. We've been well, medium well done since 1964. Since somebody convinced the majority that their fountains, their water fountains are colder, their, 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 uh, their bars serve colder drinks, their, their restaurants pr provide better food and service. We've been done since 1964. Uh, yeah, I, listen. Clicks and views and money, smart move. Smart move. Smart move. But he really had to. Let's it's continue. like, you know, rationed by race. I can say, well, I identify as black. And if people wanted to treat me as white because they, they like that, they'd look at me and say, well, I think he looks white. See, if I didn't know any better, I would think they were both trolling me at this point. Like, y'all trolling me, right? Yeah, remember when... <laughs> Jerry Springer would bring on the, the KKK on this show. Like Jerry Springer, wait a minute, Jerry, you're, you're of them people. Why would you even waste your time dealing with Goyim? Right. Outside of the entertainment value, you think Jerry Springer would actually have a sit down with whoever and be like, why are you, why don't you like us? You, when, when do, when do they sit down with Goyim? When, when have you seen them sit down with Goyim? When, when have you seen them sit down with people they deem lesser than animals to get their perspective on things? When? When, outside of entertainment, when have you actually seen a legit conversation between them people and a bunch of well-respected Goyim to get the Goyim's perspective on life and how them people have impacted the Goyim's life? When has that ever happened? When? <laughs> This is tro your tro this is troll content at this point. This is not serious, y'all. This is troll content. This is not thoughtful, insightful, pro thought provoking. This isn't life changing. This is troll content. That's what race 
race talk has turned into troll content because both sides know there's enough dummies on both sides to become emotionally invested into this that actually care about this this troll content. Okay, so let's 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 see what else. What's right. So I thought I could get the best of both worlds, sort of a mix. But but the the less funny the less funny answer is that I was spending tons of time working on things that were directly for the benefit of the black community. So a lot of the things I was advocating for. So for example, I, a lot of people don't know that I'm left wing. A lot of your audience is going to be confused. No, we're not confused. We know what time it is. This is why you're here, sir. This is why you said what you said, right? To get the, the emotional black people up in arms during black history month. Cause we know what you're, we know better. Some of us that know better, know better. Cause the, the headlines are saying I'm a right wing MAGA guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually uh, endorsing uh, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy for president, uh, okay. primarily because I'm a single issue voter on fentanyl. He's pretty tough on fentanyl. Hmm. But uh, what people don't know is I'm super left wing. I volunteered to work for Black Lives Matter. Helped. Wow. And this is the guy that got y'all all in your fifis. This is the guy that the, the, the majority of black folk that are complaining about what he said that one Dilbert canceled. This is... And the, and the majority of black people that are that are upset with this man vote the same way. So how does that make sense? So you have the same voting policies, the same ideological voting policies and philosophies as this very man right here that said I, I, every white folks get away from black folk. How, how do you vote with somebody? How do you align your, your vote with somebody like this? But let's continue. Let's continue. Uh, Hawk Newsom try to draft some useful policies that the right and the left would, would agree on. Stuff like body cams, I thought, wow, you know, there's this problem of police brutality. What if more police had body cams? So I tried to work with Black Lives Matter to see if we could get something going. Now, it didn't take long to find out that Black Lives Matter was a sort of a not legitimate organization. <laughs> so long, long before the headlines verified it, my brief encounter, uh, it was clear that they were not, you know, focused on any kind of solutions. <clears throat> I'm not sure if everybody knows that, but that's, that's pretty well established. When Cap, when uh, Colin Kaepernick was doing his... Uh, yeah, Nick, you better than me. I couldn't do this. Nick, you better than me. I couldn't... I, I, I refuse to waste my time. I refuse. If I'm like... Unless I'm like... This is going to be a good grift. You will have to talk me into this. You will have to... You will have to put numbers in my face like, Sly, we can make this much money off, off this interview. That's the only way I do it. Because I just couldn't stomach this nonsense. Because it's a joke. I, I refuse to get upset about stuff like this. This is not worth it. And Dr. Lingus talk about it. I, okay. For sure. All right. As a matter of fact, I'll do that right now. Ah, shit. Shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Let me do this. Let me drop the motherfucking link. Oh, yeah. I ain't mad at the grift. Hey, man. Everybody get their grift on, man. Everybody get their grift on. Everybody get their grift on. All right. Links in the chat, bro. Everybody get their grift on. Everybody get their grift on. Mm. Let me get back to this nonsense real quick. Let's see what else he says. 
only person I know who supported it who wasn't black because I thought it was a really effective sort of, you know, get in your face kind of protest. And I was confused why people didn't understand that the offensiveness of it was why it works. That's like the whole point. So, so the man told you what time it is because he knows you people are emotionally unstable, easily provoked, and you're going to get, you're going to give, you're going to give them the, the desired reaction. And they're going to, and they're going to allow you, they're going to, you're going to allow them to steer you emotionally in whatever direction they want you to go in. So to me, that looked brilliant. And I also offered to see if I could help on the issue. Now I didn't get any traction on that. Um, the things that I work on the most, I'm actually investing in right now, is a curriculum for homeschoolers that would teach strategy for success. Now the strategy for success is what I'm getting in trouble for. Uh, we'll talk about that, but it's primarily for black youths who didn't have, and largely because of systemic racism. I think this is one of the, one of the, the most valid parts of systemic racism is the lack of, let's say, role models of exactly the, the financial type that you want, specifically financial. And I thought, well, if I could be you know, part of that solution, the, the book, one of the books behind me tells young people how to succeed and create a, st a strategy. And so I, I worked on that. I'm trying to finish that up. Oh, okay, man. Just, I thought, come on, man. Well, you know, nice. But going from unemployed where we paid for you to live to where you pay for yourself to live, that's everything. So if you're looking at the well-being of the country, it makes sense to focus on the, the people who are in the deepest hole. And it's sort of a twofer because you could, you know, maybe heal racial tensions by being serious about Black Lives Matter. Like, wh why not take it seriously and invest in the thing that would make a difference? Really? Now, my personal opinion is that systemic racism is the reason that it's hard for people to get along. And this is sort of the underpinning of what we'll probably talk about in a minute. Okay. So we, we're going to keep pushing the racial narrative as, as excuses for people not being able to get along. Um, listen, I, I, I don't, how can I put this in the nicest way possible? H humans in general do not get along. Okay. All of the greatest societies, all the greatest empires, um, all fell majorly through infighting. So history tells us humans do not get along. And in matter of fact, history tells us humans don't get along very well at all. Ray, what's bracking, bro? Uh-oh. Uh oh, okay. Check, check. Can you hear me uh, now? It's a bit tinny. I think you have to, I think there's one more thing you have to let it allow, or I forget how it looks on your end. Ecamm is weird, but you have to allow it or hit another yeah. with your with your microphone. But I mean, it's good for now. Yeah. I'm tripping. Oh, it's good for now. Okay. Yeah. Um, give me, give me one second, cause it says it, it says it's default. It says it's on my default. Is it like coming in? Is it coming in like, like it's low? Tinny. Cause I can just come back. It's tinny. It's tinny. All right, let me, let me, let me hang up and come. Let me, let me hang up and come back. Okay. Um. Yeah, the hum humans throughout history have shown and proved that we we don't get along you know this is why every society has tribes 
even with it, it even among its societies, um, even the aristocratic, even the uh, let me see if this works. Uh, let's see. All right, now how's that? Much there you go, there you go. There you go. All right, cool, cool, cool. What's up, man? What's up? No, man, I'm good. Hey, I, hey, um, shit. I, I this is literally last minute. I, let me, okay, let me get your thoughts. Tell me how you see this. Um, I find it hilarious. I th- I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny because if you were to ask any, you know, millennial or Gen Z person, um, they would not even know what the hell Dilbert is. Don't I mean, some of them don't even know what the hell Garfield is. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I said this on my live stream. I said, if you were to ask like Gen Z or millennials, like who the hell is it? Like what the hell is Dilbert or Scott Adams? They wouldn't, they wouldn't fucking know. Mm-hmm. All they just know is that they see a white guy talking about, oh, um, he says something about black people. I was like, do you even know who Dilbert is? No, they wouldn't know. So let me ask you, um, Jason Black, Tommy Sotomayor, Hotep Jesus. Why, what is this fascination of trying to understand why these people say what they say, do what they do? Why are we so, so emotionally invested into trying to get a deeper, deeper understanding as to why they say and do the things they, or their belief system? What, what is, what is wrong with us as a people that have this, this, this thirst to know, like, why don't you like us? I have no idea because it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Like people <laughs> think that people think that like I've even had people say, oh, you're a coon. You're selling out. I did the proud family video and literally said, you know, something, eh, you know, something is very interesting how they're doing this, you know, and I yeah. find it very interesting how like people are just like um, you can see the comments on my shit because it's still like at I think 7000, almost close to 10,000 views on that shit. Mm-hmm. So it was just like for me, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna just see what they said. And I'm just saying, I'm saying to myself, ain't this very interesting how they're saying all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I know why Disney did it is because they want to get a rise out of people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people fell for that. You know, the same way as they're that they're falling for this shit. It's like, how much more shit? How how much more can you like? go into this right there's nothing deep about it for me there there was really nothing deep about it i was like i never knew this guy from a can of paint and i never asked you for help (laughs) never needed your help in the first place so i just find it laughable i find i'm disappointed right i'm disappointed because i'm just saying to myself you could have done a lot better with your racism man like you could have just let it out you know what i'm saying you could have just set it up you could have said it a lot more harsher. I would have gotten a lot more mad at that. It's like, oh, white people need to stay away from black people. Okay, good fences make good neighbors. I'm cool with it. Do you feel like he was partially trolling to a certain extent? I'm pretty sure. It's just like, it's just like you need something to get a rise out of people, I think, honestly. And I think because Black History Month is ending, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I said, I said it wasn't. I said it wasn't an authentic Black History Month without a white person saying something stupid. And I was like, you know, it it didn't feel like an authentic Black History Month <laughs> without a white person saying something stupid. So a white person said something stupid. It was the same thing with uh Ryan Kennel, not too uh, like last year. 
that that nigga was like uh he said what what would he say he saw batman or some shit and then he was just like oh i didn't there were you know good there were like representations of black people which i didn't care to see and i'm just like there needed more white people in there i was like i know what the fuck you're doing and then what happened with that is that um young ripper had to go up against jody and then jody was just like oh but you're with geeks and gamers and you're with those gamers that are white supremacists i was like Nigga, the reason why you're here is because you want to be up there with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if if it was up to you, right? Because I don't I don't know people's things, but I can kind of read between the lines. It's like, you know, hey, if you want to be up there with geeks and gamers, you might as well just say it. Because you know they be getting money and shit, and they they got a lot of minorities up there. You know, like letting them laugh at Trump jokes and shit. So I'm like, man, look. That's how they make their money. That's how they make their money. I ain't like. I ain't mad at it. Hmm. Okay. I I don't even. I'm not even mad at Scott Adams. I'm I'm more. I'm disappointed in how much we still care uh, about these things. That's that's always said in a timely manner, timely fashion. They they get the same typical responses out of out of our people. And then mm-hmm. when I go on a rant and say, you know what, this just goes to show and prove how just basically utter, utterly inept the black collective is. What what do you say to that? Um, I mean, that's kind of hitting, that's kind of just hitting the, I think you're just hitting the crotch, man. You, you want to really like, you really want to like really go at the really low sweep them. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Oh, you, Oh, Oh, Scott Adams. You want to meet Red Sings the Blues real quick? You want to you want to really go down that rabbit hole? <laughs> I'll show you some Black Manosphere shit. You you really love that? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I said, ah, no, you know what, man, Scott Adams, because I, I sent Scott Adams that email. Hey, Scott Adams, uh, you want you want to watch some videos of Black people being dumbasses? <laughs> it's just, I mean, like, I'll be that petty. <laughs> I'll be that petty. I'll be up. Listen, man, like I said, man, like, but unfortunately, it's like even with the black people that I saw make videos about it, I'm just like, eh, you know, I'm not surprised that you made that video and said that shit like Jesse Lee Peterson and all them. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, OK, like you honestly like need the money, you know, you got to get your white audience, you know, feeling like something, I guess, you know, but not me, you know, like I don't care. OK. okay. Oh, uh, we got we got information man in the house. What's up, man? Hey, hey, what's what going up? home, big dog? Hey, man, I wanted to tell you thank you for uh, doing this stream tonight because yeah. uh, I was planning to do to uh, do uh, my stream on this tomorrow. Okay, okay, uh, and okay. I'm kind of on the same page with you. I was gonna have the same type of take on this. I think um, people are not gonna like what I'm gonna say here, but I think. Um, why are we surprised? I'm actually glad he said and did what he did because black people need to wake up and understand who our enemies are and that white folks don't really want to live around us anyway. He's only speaking what most white people say amongst themselves privately, but he just okay. came out and said it uh, publicly. Um, and then uh, the Hotep Jesus guy, I- I'm sorry. Why do you need to interview a man who's telling black folks about reparations? Uh, he's carrying on and identifying him saying, he's saying 
I'm white and I say so. I can be black today. I can be black tomorrow. And then he turns around and says, well, to hell with black people. Don't live around them because they're, they're a hate group. So what it shows you is the arrogance that white folks have, some white folks like this have, and that they, he's basically speaking how he really, he really feels. And I think we need to hear, we need to see more white folks come out and tell you how they really feel so that you know where they stand and who your enemies are. I don't know why we waste time having a conversation with this man and you're smiling, smiles on your faces in that interview, laughing with this man. Nothing's funny to me, mm-hmm. but reality is what I, what I witnessed and what he said. And check this out. I don't know if you know this, um, super sly, but as he says that he identifies as black and he did all these things for black, you know, for over 36 years in his comic, it took him 36 years before he first introduced a black character in all of his damn comics. Right. So much for I'm black. I'm black. Well, that's all I really wanted to say, brother. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Charles Schultz was like, hey, I'm going to do a black character. And they didn't want that. And then it was just like, if, you know, if I can't do a black character in the Peanuts, well, then you can just kick me off. I was like, okay. Well, that's right. the funny thing, because every time I look at the Peanuts, I look at Pigpen, and I'm like, is he supposed to be the black one? Because he's always <laughs> dirty. You know, and he and there's a picture of him sitting by himself on the opposite side of the of the lunch table, and everybody's on the other side. I'm like, is every time he came on 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 the, in the, into the scene, I'm like, is he supposed to be the black the black kid? Because oh, I guess he's dusty. He's supposed he to be dusty. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the only that one that has complexion. He has a darker complexion, but then he has the dust, yeah, the dust uh, particles following him, and um, yeah, I guess they did, yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, cause you think about it and it's just like, well, okay. You know, cause okay. You're a liberal, I guess you, you could say, cause he said he was a leftist. So he's a Democrat left liberal. Okay. So I guess when you go back to all, I guess Malcolm X kind of proved this point again, you know? And I said, I said, well, guys, how, how much longer do you really like uh, for me? Like I said, in my, in my live stream, I said, if you were to call me up today and say, hey, Red Sings the Blues, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I did something. I might have said something about, you know, uh, black people. I'm going to just I'm going to just be like, OK, let me just let me just hang up and think about it real quick. Days, weeks go by and I'm still thinking about it. Weeks, probably months go by and I'm still thinking about it. Oh, you got you got hurt by that. Oh, OK, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know that. I'm still thinking. Though. I, I, I'm going to just let you know, like, listen, you're on your own with that shit. listen i'll let you happen um right but 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 we need to understand this and sly you know this uh white liberals are just as racist as your white conservatives if not more racist because they're the ones that think as you can hear in his arrogance they're the ones that think that they know us better than anybody and they think that they can say anything that they want to say because they feel that hey look at all the things i've done for you negroes but there's some of the worst races and there's some of the worst. Uh, l- 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 that's just the way I see it. Okay. Let me ask you this info, man. Do, do black people view Democrats or liberals as the better of two evils or the lesser of two evils? They see the Democrats as the lesser of two evils because the Democrats sell us on the social programs 
and on and too, and, and too often black people f find themselves and identify themselves in needing these these social programs and the and, and the democrats feed into our um our uh those areas that we desire whereas i got to be honest the republicans have more of an attitude where it's more of a pull yourself up from your bootstraps don't depend on government get your ass up and some people don't like that message because it's a message of accountability. But then on the flip side, you have to ask yourself, what are the programs that the Republicans have also presented that black people can get on board with um, who are not very high on the social economic ladder? Let, let me you ask really, you guys both. Then I go ahead, yeah. Red. I'm sorry, go ahead. Or if you really want to piss them off, do some do a business on your own without their help, without any without any kickstarters, and see how that works. Right. Uh, let me ask you guys this: if we if we stop responding to every emotional, um, triggering statement rhetoric that they put out, would this would they stop doing it as much per se? If they knew they couldn't get a reaction out of us by saying certain certain things, would will we see less of it? And is that a good thing or would that be a good thing? Um, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see less of that. Cause I, I think, like I said before, with the whole like Morgan Freeman thing, like even I disagree with that because when Morgan Freeman said, if you stop referring to me as a white man and I'll stop referring to you as a black man, I, I get that. And I, and I wish we could live in that utopia, but the unfortunate thing about it is that people always people are always going to bring up something different about you, something that they want to either conquer or don't like about you. That's just how we are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's just people. And I just think that when, um, you know, if we were to stop doing it, I mean, well, they, they'll probably go harder. See, see if they can really, really get to the pain of like, OK, how do I make these guys really, really mad? You know what I'm saying? Like, like people love to push buttons. You know what I'm saying? And I think as black people, which I can like kind of see where whole tip Jesus was going with it, is like, well, yeah, we've been conditioned to like, okay, here's your history and here's what the white man did to you and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, so I get it. But when I looked at my history and I looked at my family tree, because I got a bunch of, you know, great grandparents and all that other like white as hell and um i started I, I was like that's very interesting you hated us so much that you decided to did you just decided to smash the cheeks the f <laughs> like what 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 is wrong with you you know what i'm saying like what <laughs> why would you why would you do that like what what made you want to do that it, no no way in hell i, I listen but uh information man info man what do you what do you oh. got on that no, nah, just say, well, sexual access has always been a reality. Uh, we already know that Thomas Jefferson had many children. That's no, that's no big deal. And a lot of times you'll have some white people who will say, well, I can't be racist because see, I have some black kids or I had a few. Well, those guys had kids by many of, of women enslaved, black women in the slave quarters, and they still treated their kids like slaves. Some of them were able to go into the house, right? Um, they, they gave some set of sides to them, but not many. So sexual access has always been the reality when it comes to this whole thing. But I, I, I'm like, I'm really gonna stay strong 10 feet, 10 toes down on this. I just think that 
racism is not going to go away even if black people didn't complain about it would it make would it make it go away no it will still happen but i think what black people need to do is instead of becoming emotional about it we need to be more analytical and logical about it and realize that in some ways it's a good thing when you have some white people come out and show their racism so that you can see exactly where you stand in this world where you stand um, and when they come out with that honesty, I want to know who my enemies are. I want to know how people think. And so even if I, even you may not like it, but it is actually revealing. And it should be a wake up call because we live in this MTV world where kids are going to school with each other of different races and they're shaking booty together. But then they think that, oh, okay, racism is over. There's no problem. No, there are problems. Um, there's, there are still problems. You're seeing it in schools today where, you know, kids are mimicking, doing mimicking things towards black people, towards black history, what have you. So we, we have a, a country that still tinkers on these racial issues, uh, but we shouldn't use it as a crutch and say we can't achieve anything. We just have to knock it out of our way as best we can. Um, but I, I, it's not going away. Okay. And let me I'll, I'll no, leave it there. Okay. I'm well, sorry. Let me ask I'll leave you guys Um, the racism part, right? So what, what I tell my daughter is, because when he, I tell my daughter this, I said, look, you're competing against everybody. Mm -hmm. Boys, other girls, kids, and, and, and Asians, Japanese, and other countries. I mentioned kids from other countries. I'm like, you're not comp competing just against people here in the States. You're competing against kids in other countries. Right. I don't put the racism part in it so much because I don't want her to be like, everything's racism. It's systemic. I, 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 we, I get it. Should we change the scope of thinking to more of a competition versus racism per se? Um. So for I guess for competition, I mean, again, you're still. I mean, I mean, nothing wrong with competition. Nothing wrong with it. But like I said, there's always there has to be a superior. Um, there has to be a superior collective at the end of the day because I, I know what you're trying i know what you're trying to say but you know like in in hindsight a competition is to make sure that somebody there is a winner and there is a loser and most of the time and we don't want to admit it right it, like for example education guess who's uh guess who's whooping ass in education the asians the asians kick and the asians are first africans are second mm -hmm. i think it's like somewhere around like middle easterns or third we're we're fucking last all right that's that's number one number two who um who makes more money white people black people asian people okay go look up those numbers you know what i'm saying there has to be a winner you know we always have these stats and and you know who's making more babies and all this other stuff so it's like you know i think about it when it comes down to competition there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser if you were to take out every, if you were to take out like people's like differences, like being a male, female, black, white, then I can get that. It's just a competition. But when you have stuff like this, somebody needs to be up on top. Well, have you all remember the game when you were kids uh, called King of the Mountain? Yeah, what was I the strategy that. of King of the Mountain? Yeah. You would, let's say you were in a park, there was a Sam Doom or whatever, something high. And everybody would go up that mountain and throw people off to get to the top of the heap. 
that's exactly what I think that we're in. We're in a king in a mountain sort of thing where you throw people down to achieve. So for example, you set, you set uh, what you do is you create a situation in which some people can achieve and some people can achieve. It's a rigged game. So even though they tell you to go to school, because we can, we can, I, give, I can show you examples of these things. They tell us to go to school, get an education, do the right thing. It's called uh, respectability politics, and you'll be okay. We know that there's been situations where black people have done all the right things, and we get marginalized and underestimated and undervalued on in the job, right? We know that there uh, that that white boys with no college education can still make more money than black pe- men with education. In some cases, depending on the the uh, the app, you know, the job that they're in, we know these things are real. So I think that you need to, when it comes to black children. We need to give them a dose of reality and say, yes, you're going, you're, you are competing against other people, uh, but you need to understand that there are some racial dynamics to competing for you in this society, but not to tell your child that, hey, they can't achieve. But I think to raise black children in particular and not give them the dose of that reality, you actually set them up for a, um, for a uh, rude awakening when they think that this game called competition is a uh, is based on merit and it's not rigged because you know uh, super sly that sometimes it's not what you know but who you know right. that can get your ass in the door on in some situations not mm-hmm. all but some. Let me ask you guys this: How yeah. do you prevent the young the youth from overdosing on, let's say, systemic racism? How, how do you, how do we prevent them from turning into? I don't I don't know. Uh, an MLK to a certain extent, like everything that that happens, everything that happens to us, to be honest, is not always racism, right? Is that fair to to, to say? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's other variables to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we, we prevent the generation after, after the millennials to say, okay, um, don't, don't OD on this. Yes. There's issues there. You know, what, how do you go about that? Well, that requires me to be out of a job. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that i mean and not even just to be like even funny with it because i mean to be fair with you if you're looking at like twitter right you're seeing all these people talking about and and i see a pattern i looked at like comments from like not even hotep jesus but like black conservative perspective um what's his name uh jesse lee peterson who also did a video about it and everybody's been saying like they see these videos on they see these TikTok videos on Twitter. I was like, "There's your problem right there." Mm. The problem is, is that you're on social media a lot. The thing is, is that you're trying to be. I think the media has done its work. It's do, it's been doing its work for about almost a decade or two, mm-hmm. where you have all these people that are, you know, I would say, I guess you you could say brainwashed to a certain degree or even engineered to be like a victim of some sort, right? And to that and to that degree, it's like the media needs to feed the machine that something is wrong with society. And and yeah, there is a lot of stuff wrong with society, but media is one of them. You know what I'm saying? And I know this to be fact. Um, but I would say like, for for starters, it would be like turn the turn the goddamn TV off, all right? Because we all know where half of that half of that is, and that's half the battle. You know, it was turn off social media. That's the second part of the battle. I guess the third one would be like 
what would then be the discussion after that? You know what I'm saying? Like, what would, yeah. like, who are your, who are the people that you hang around that talk about this sort of stuff? Right. Because as much as I hate to, as much as I hate to admit it, like, I, that's why I don't have that many friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I'm not saying because I'm a, like a loner or something like, because it's just like, I protect myself from this stuff. Like, you're a victim. I'm a victim. Oh, I need to listen to you about your problems. I'm like, dude, I have my own problems. So then in, then in case, you know, I'm just like, all right, look, I understand we have problems, but at the end of the day, if you're not doing anything about it, that's not my problem, fam. Info, man, what do you got on that? I just think it's very simple. You need to raise your kids with a certain level of high esteem about themselves. So one, they need to know their personal family history, know the history of their people, make them uh, uh, allow them to be aware of the of the realities of life, not what you want it to be, but what it is. Uh, and you prepare them to take no second steps to anyone. And education is a big, big, big key. And when I think when our kids go into this environment with that sort of confidence, it will allow them to at least be uh, weaponized in a way that they can deal, they'll be able to deal with some of the pitfalls. But if you just raise your kids with this sort of like, hey, the world is perfect, everything's going to go your way, you, you're preparing them for, for, for failure. So I, I think well, I think we don't need to overdose our kids with this whole thing about racism, racism, just they just need to be aware right. and prepare them for success and not use it as a crutch that they can just hang on as excuse. Because I know for a fact for myself personally, there were jobs, there were opportunities that I didn't get. And I didn't think about, oh, it was because of racism. I knew exactly what it was. I wasn't uh, prepared for that job. I wasn't prepared for that opportunity. And so I did the things I could to prepare for it. In some instances, there are cases where there are legitimate racist uh, situations that I've experienced and, and you can see that. Uh, but you just can't let it be a trope around your neck that says, I can't make it. And this is why I'm not doing anything with my life because that's just excuses and excuses are tools of the incompetent sometimes. So I, I think that's just the way we, that's the way we're going to have to go. We're going to have to raise our kids on that, on, on that kind of level, man. So well, uh, I, did, I disagree with, cause even I disagree with Scott Adams on the educational part. Now am I saying, Oh, we, we shouldn't send our kids to school. I don't have mm -hmm. kids. So I'm not saying that. What I am mm -hmm. trying to say is that school is the one that fucks you up too, all right. And school ha and 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 I would say the public school system has been screwing up kids for generations now, all right. Right. Now let me tell you how they do it, right? In high school, not middle school, high school, they they get at least a couple months. I remember this. I'll never forget it. A couple months, even before I even knew about the HESPO or anything else like that, before I even grabbed a college application, they literally sat down with everybody and told us, you're ready to go to college. And I'm sitting there like, what? Like, I didn't even get into the door of high school, right? And then not only that, and when you look at our school systems, I'll give you an example. For, for example, New Jersey. New Jersey has cut so many things out of school that are necessary to even exist, not even exist, but survive in everyday life. They got rid of home economics. They got rid of home economics in, in Essex County, New Jersey, for tech for tech classes now i understand it and i understand all that but the but kids nowadays don't are, are fat as shit all right we are and, and home economics is the most important class that both men and women should take all right it's not just a woman's class it should be a men's class too um that's number one 
Number two, they gotten rid of all enrichment classes, which includes wood shop and all that other stuff. The only time when you can actually touch wood, and I'm not, pause, and <laughs> the only time when you can actually touch power tools, the first time I ever touched power tools was when I started working in theater. You know what I'm saying? Now, what am I, where am I going with this? Because the school system sets people up for failure anyway, um, I think first off, and I agree with young Ripper on this. Yeah. The U S department of education needs to be either abolished or revamped. Right. Because when it comes down to black kids, we are the highest when it comes down to dropout rates, right. Or not finishing. But the thing about it is, is that if you were to really give black kids, you know, like if you were to, if you were to give black kids enrichment, that's number one, number two, you set black kids up to actually be in like trades. You know what I'm saying? When I said, on my live stream last night, you can go listen to it. I literally said the reason why I disagree is because a lot of black people want money, right? We're, we, we think about money every day, right? Even, even little kids be trying to, you know, put stacks of money, but, but how do you get them? How do you get them to understand the value? How do you, how do you get them to well, that place? Half the time, it, half the time you, you actually um, would want to put more black people in trades. I'm actually for that. You know what I'm saying? But well, what well, they I usually say this. What, hold on, hold on. But what they usually do is tell black kids that, well, you're just you're ready. You you should go to college, and that's where most black people fail. Let me just say this, man, because I'm I'm tried and true on this shit. Uh, the bottom line is your education first starts at home. So when I talk about education, the first step is learning at home. As I said before, we need to prepare our kids on based on who they are, their history, what they are and you empower them at home. Now, in terms of schools, yes, you're right that a lot of schools are failing, but you know the schools that are failing, and it's not a coincidence, a lot of the schools that you're, that you're talking about, a lot of those schools are schools that are reflective of the urban environment where you may have a lot of, where you have black populations that are in schools that are public schools that are failing them. And they took those things out of the schools purposely because at one point in time, black people were excelling, excelling in those type of programs. So I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a product of public schools. And I saw very slowly as I got out of school how they were pulling things away. However, we use too many damn excuses. We need to be rolling up our own sleeves and preparing our kids. I work, my organization, my fraternity, we have an Alpha Academies. We're working and mentoring young men and preparing them for what you're talking about, skill trades, if they're not able to go to college. We have black men that are professionals who follow them and track them. And then we look at the, the schools in our various programs around the country where you have black students that are maybe getting ready to fell out of these public schools. And we try to we try to uh, grab onto them before they become a failure. So the only way that's going to change since people such as Scott Adams says that black people don't value education, that's bullshit. It depends on what type of black people you're talking about and their economic their educational level. It's for, for us to get, it's for us to get involved to do what we need to do to prepare our kids. If you are sending your kids to school, especially public schools, and you're expecting that they're going to magically be this educated person, you're sorry and you're mistaken. You need to have your kids around people who actually care about them, the nurturing of their of their of their 
potential abilities. Look, you got a nine-year-old, this is a damn shame right here, Super Sly. You got a nine-year-old black child right now who just graduated high school. They had him on CNN. Nobody's talking about it. Uh, yeah, but the, we'll, the, the, but um, we'll, we'll yes, celebrate the Negro who yes. was a gangster who now wants to turn his life around. Yes. <laughs> um, you, you both are right. I remember wood shop and home economics. And I remember after I graduated college and you know, I, whatever, and they started pulling those programs out slowly, but surely. Right. Um, yes. He is actually right about that. He, here's but the problem we can't rely on just the school system. I, I agree. Here's <laughs> the problem that I see every summer, every, every summer without fail, I'll see memes from black folk. Can't wait till school starts. So I can get, drop these kids back off at school. Uh, right. How much longer do school is school break? Got to deal with my kids. I, I've never seen any other group of people. Now, maybe I'm, I'm a limited scope of what I see, but I only see black folk drop memes every summer of how many more days left until spring break is over or summer break. Yeah. So I can take these, get these yeah. kids back to school. Cause they, right. And I'm just like, well, there it is there. So it seems to me the parents, our parents don't want to put in the work, roll up the sleeves and do the dirty work and to make sure what they're, they're being taught is either being reversed or kind of giving further context you know, because most parents don't ask, well, hey, what did you learn? What did they teach you in school today? Right. Oh, is that well, right? Well, well, let me well, take... well, the thing is, it's like, you know, I guess, I mean, even, I don't even want to bring it down to the, the whole gender thing. But, I mean, like I said, uh, 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 I guess what you would say, even with gender roles, that has been kind of, I guess you could say muddied and all that. And, and now you're seeing like, okay, because we don't have these roles, what are we using these sorts of things for, you know what I'm saying? Like that you have to kind of think about it that way. I mean, there's certainly a part of our society, black society, where people are just not uh, looking at education as the key. And then there's some of us that are. Unfortunately, we get judged by the barometer of those of us who uh, are low hanging fruit and don't have see any value in it. Like you said, super sly. Oh, how, how long is it before we have a uh, spring break? Look, shit, the way things are going in our community, we need our kids in school all year around. <laughs> we may need to get rid of this, this so-called break stuff because we've got a lot of, lot, lot of issues, but the nine-year-old kid that I brought up, he's a product of what two parents that are professionals right they're academia all yeah and and yes. and that's the reality if yes. you got black parents who value education and they're educated themselves you your child has a better chance and but it's not only that you got black parents that are blue collar too who don't have college education but they drive their kid to do better because they don't want their kid doing blue collar work like they had to do so we do have that too, but I don't know. I was, I was still, te- if I had situation. Kids, like I said, if I was a father, I would still teach my kids blue collar work because like I said, skills will never go out of style right. until like 50 years later. Uh, right. But when I, when, when, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. No, all, all I was going to say is when I, when I speak of blue collar work, I'm not talking about the high skills, blue collar work where you, you're, you're a welder or electrician. Those are no, very I, highly I, I, complicated. I, I, you but know, you know what? Uh, but you want to know something. Skills. But I but but you want to know something. That's the. And I'm not saying that's the wrong mentality to have. But I think black people should be welders and and electricians and stuff like that. Oh and yeah. Actually, oh like, yeah. They make damn good money. Well, the we funny should... thing is, you know who who does that stuff? The Mexicans. I know. I, that's if, why I, they... if I need work, I had I had to have work done on my uh, 
on my AC unit, Mexican. You like telling everything. me you couldn't find a, a black electrician, bro? I mean, bro, we in California. In New Jersey, uh, hey, New Jersey's getting a lot of Hondurans, Colombians, and Mexicans. This is how bad so. it is. I, I I expect to look for. Uh, I expect to find a Mexican to fix my car. I expect yeah. a Mexican to do my yard work. I like I. I don't want to accept anybody else but a Mexican. That's that's <laughs> they're what, only but that's actually what it's come down to in my field, Wow. Actually, there are only but three black people that have landscaping businesses here, and they wow. compete with white people here. And guess who they hire? Mexicans. So, so let me wow. ask you guys this, because Angry Man's rap sheet makes an excellent point. You need a, an underclass in capitalism. Blacks have cho- have chosen to be a permanent underclass. Do you agree with that? Yes. Wait, wait a minute. So the so the so the question that he's saying is that black people you need, you need an underclass in capitalism. Uh, yes. Have chosen, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I'm reading okay. it right. Yeah. For okay. capitalism to work. This is the flaw in the system, obviously. For it to work, you always have to have a permanent underclass. It, it, it depends on one because the only way you can benefit as a capitalist is you have to have someone underneath you. It goes back to my, uh, to my analogy. It's a king of the mountain uh, analogy, pyramid. You have to. You have to have an underclass. Someone's got to scrub those toilets. Someone's got you know, to wipe those floors. Somebody's got to do it. And it's not a coincidence that some of our public schools in particular, some people of that ilk are coming out of those poorly run and funded public schools. Let me ask you guys. Gotcha. Let me ask you guys this, and I won't keep you I won't keep you much longer. Have the black collective uh do they is there a fear of competition? Have they refused to compete at this point? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I hate to say this, but on some aspects, I think it's true. Okay. As much as I hate to say it, I get the feeling that maybe we've gotten too lazy and we want everything just to like drop in our hands like a loaf of bread. But I will say that I will say this. There is one thing we will compete for. And you know what I'm, and you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> one thing we will compete for. I was watching um, value I watch Valuetainment. I watch Valuetainment. I watch it. I, I know people don't like Patrick Bed David, but you know, like I watch this stuff because you know he's got some good information. But uh, you know, when it when it comes down to Valuetainment, it's like, come on, fam. <laughs> I saw that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I, I, I'm not gonna keep you guys. I, I know it's yeah, late. I appreciate um, you letting me come up and um, hey man, yeah, this is a good discussion. Shout, shout, yeah, shout you guys yourselves out where they can find your channels, all that good stuff. Get, yeah, shout, shout yourselves out. Um, Go ahead, right uh, Red, Red. Uh, Red sings the blues. I talked about the Scott Adams shit. Uh, you can go talk. Uh, you can go find my channel on Red sings the blues. Just look. Just you can just. I mean, the link's in there, but if you can't find it, uh, Red sings the blues. That's pretty much it. You can find me on Instagram as well. Cool, man. Uh, I'm Information Man of the Information Man Show. Um, I pretty much get into political, social, cultural issues, sort of these type of topics, like my man Super Sly from time to time. Uh, normally go live on my channel on Sundays, uh, but I'm also uh, doing streams during the week every now and then. Um, and I, I, I try to bring it hard and heavy. So I appreciate uh, Sly for letting me come up and, uh, and being and opening up the, uh, the, the uh, way to get on the show. Great discussion. Um, 
Sly, I, I have to be honest with you, man. I remember when we were on the Sunday rumbles and you used to say that the community is burning. And I gotta I, be honest with you, in some aspects of you saying that it is burning. Yeah. And it's, it is in some aspects of what you were saying, it's true. Yeah. Um, and I gotta be honest, I don't really want it to be true because I don't wanna see black people perish, but I'm looking at our society, tell me if I'm wrong or right. Animation is starting to take over. I looked at some stuff on Instagram today, man. They've got machines. They had mops on the basketball court that I were mopping that. the court. And they're talking about how, hell, one day you won't need any janitors. You won't need people to do certain jobs because they don't need us anymore. And when I look at black people and the way they're bringing other people over here to this country, the reality is they don't need us anymore. And what they do like about us is that they don't have a problem with us dancing, entertaining them, singing, shaking our ass. They love our entertainment value, but do they really love our value in terms of our minds, our spirits, and what we bring to the table outside of entertainment? And I almost feel like they only value the entertainment value of us. I agree. And that's a damn shame. Y'all have a great night and everything. Take care, brothers. Thank Peace. you, bro. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to those brothers, Red Sings the Blues, Information Man, yo, man, Information Man, yo, <laughs> yo, them rumbles. I, listen, magical times, magical times, those rumbles, man, I, I wish those shits were still up. Magical, magical times, a lot of, lot of deep, deep stuff, deep thought. Um, I, I, I want to thank Red and, and, and Info Man for coming through. I, I, I'm humbled. I'm humbled, so I obviously I need to do more panel talks and stuff like that. But um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was good. This was good. Last minute impromptu. So um, I'll go check out Red's take on it, and definitely Information Man when he uh goes live tomorrow about it. So um, hey, no, hey Techie, what's what's up, Techie? You wanna you wanna hop on for a hot minute, brother? I, I got you. If you got time, brother, I I got you. If you got time, I got you, bro. You know, I would say Nick come on through, but Nick probably cleaning his AR-15 and cleaning the AK-74. Nick ain't got time for me like that. Nick got $100,000 trucks that need turbos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nick got dualies that need windows tinted. <laughs> Nick got Nick problems. Nick got Nick problems. But no, if uh, if you guys want to jump on, by all means, I'll I'll leave it open. I'll leave it open. I'll leave it open. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. No problem, no problem. It's all okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I, I yeah, tomorrow, I'll, yeah, I'll be up tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Right on, right on. So I'm going to get out of here. Um, Yeah, hey, look, we call them gunplay for a reason. Okay. Like, he, that's his nickname. His nickname is Gunplay. So, yeah. With that being said, I thank everybody for the discourse, the exchange of ideas and energies. And, you know, like I said, no no real diss to Hotep Jesus. I get it. Get the money. Get the clicks and views for it. But I would never waste my energy trying to understand why somebody feels the way they feel about a certain... I just, I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. So, with that being said, 
Thank you all. Did I, yes. I did go see Cocaine Bear. Did, did you? What, what are your thoughts on Cocaine Bear? I thought it was a hoot. I think you should be high if you go see it. Because I felt like I should be high watching this. Because it wasn't so much the bear trying to eat people, but he was so addicted to the cocaine. Like if the one, the one inspector guy that he ate his leg off the tree, he had cocaine on him because he fell into the, the empty cocaine uh, packets and the bear would be passed out, knocked out, fell off a cliff. And as soon as the coke hit it, the thing would just rejuvenate. <laughs> the thing would just rejuvenate. I was just like, what the fuck? And then the baby cubs, the baby bears, what they did the cocaine. It, it was hilarious. But I, I think if you're a weed smoker, you, you might enjoy it even more if you're a little, if you're a little buzzed, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm watching, I'm like, I should be high watching this. It's one of those movies. Right. And then the little, the little, the little blonde kid, Henry, the, the park ranger called him a girl because his voice hadn't, his voice was still high. And he had this little country accent. It was just the funniest thing. And, um, and they, then they did cocaine. He's like, hey, you do the cocaine. How do you do cocaine? And they cut it open and then take a huge swath of it and ingest it. Those kids should have been high. Those kids should have been passed out. Literally, they literally ingested like a knife, a knife full of, of coke, even though they spit it out. But you know, a 10 year old takes some cocaine in the mouth. You're, you're out of it, man. So, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, they're, they're, no, there's a true story that a bear ingested cocaine, but nobody died like that. But the the movie was funny as hell. Yes, they was in the in the bag because these duffel bags, and they're in the bag of coke, and they're just high as shit. And when they started eating Ray Liotta's, the character was it Gibson or whatever, he he got embal- embalmed, and they started eating his intestines at the end. I was like, jeez, it was some pretty good kills. It was some pretty good kills. The uh, the ambulance scene, when you see the bear jumping into the ambulance, he kills everybody in the ambulance. Old girl, when she fell out, the gurney still strapped to the gurney, and it fell on top of the concrete, and you see her skin just sliding on the concrete, on the pavement. I was like, ah! It was some pretty decent kills, man. It was some pretty decent. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, go see Cocaine Bear. Trust me. Trust me. Like, do a matinee. You won't regret it. It's hilarious. It, and then he eat the dude's leg and snort, snort the coke off the dude's leg. And the one black detective, he was weird. He, oh, the, the black detective is from Atlanta. He played Earl's father. That's where he's from. So if you watched Atlanta and you know the story of Earl and Paperboy, he plays Earl's dad. So he's a detective. And he was, he was just weird in the whole movie, but... I think he does die because he got shot in the abdomen. He just pretty much bled out. I think he died at the t- on the top of the gazebo. I assume he died. Yeah. So, but, um, yes, the kills were the, were the best part. And uh, you're just like, how's this person going to die? How's this, how's this bear going to kill this person? That, that's pretty much what it turned into. And then the park ranger had a chunk. Yeah, she had a claw, like, at the chunk of her ass. And you just felt that shit. I was like, oh, that just looked like it hurt. I'm going to get out of here. Y'all have a good night. Peace.